See if I get of uh, announcement kind of things. When you came in this morning, uh, you should have gotten a small blue sheet of paper uh, that is our annual vote of affirmation on our elders for next year. There we go. There we go. On our elders for next year and our budget for next year. Okay. Uh, and all we ask you to do is that's for members of the church that are uh, 18 years and older, uh, just to cast your vote of affirmation. On the budget, the vote of affirmation is to say, yeah, I agree with the budget and I'm willing to support the budget uh, through my giving. And on the elders, uh, it's just a vote of affirmation. I think there's three guys that will be serving their last year of their three-year term, uh, three that will be starting a three-year term. And so uh, just when you get done with that, vote, uh, fold it up. And as you leave today, stick it in one of the offering boxes. Uh, and that's that. We also want to remind you that don't forget Friday night. Friday night, our Christmas Eve services, uh, or actually afternoon and night, we'll have services at 3.30, at 5, and then at 11 o'clock uh, right here in the worship center. We're glad you guys are here today. I just want to encourage you. Let's stand and worship together this morning.
Be mad. 
Well, good morning and welcome to Shelby Christian Church. It's good to see all of you here this morning. And uh, those of you that are worshiping with us online, we like that too. Um, I don't know about you, but I, I love this whole season of Christmas. And I especially love a lot of the music. Now, I love this worship time and I love all the carols, but I like a lot of the other songs too. You know, like Holly Jolly Christmas. And one of the things that I remember the most is a song that talks about, I'll be home for Christmas. You all know that song about how it talks about how I wish that I could be home. And even if I'm not going to be home, I'll be there in my dreams. And I often think about the fact of what would Christ say his home would be? I mean, he was born on this earth and he walked. David talked about the fact that how lovely is your dwelling place, O Lord Almighty. And I think about the fact that when Christ came and was born on this earth and walked among us, he still didn't call this place home. He called the place that I hope all of us will be in, in heaven with Christ Jesus. That is where our true home is. I remember my first church where I pastored, we used to sing a song about how this is not our home, that our home is with God. And so this time of season, when we go to celebrate communion, I just want you to be reminded of the fact that this place is not our home. But when we commune with Jesus, it's like we're there. Like the song says, I'll be home if only in my dreams. We are home with Christ Jesus when we commune with him. Let's pray together. Father God, I just thank you and praise you this morning. During this Christmas season, Father, as we share the gospel, as we go like the shepherds did into the mountains and share about how Jesus Christ was born. Oh, how blessed we are when we share this with others. And Father, this morning, I look forward to our heavenly home. I look forward to the place where there be no crying and no pain where you will wipe away every tear, where we will be in your presence and nothing beats being in your presence. Father, I pray this morning that you would continue to just descend your spirit and anoint this place, anoint this worship team as they share and they lead this morning. And Father, I pray that you would anoint Pastor Dave as he comes and speaks to us this morning. May you just give him the right words that come from you. Father, we love you. And we realize how much you love us because you gave us your son. And it's his mighty name we pray. Amen.
Point Christian Church, and we just had an incredible worship service. Tonight, we ordained three new elders, the very first elder team for Ocean Point Church. We started coming up here, I started coming up here in April of 2014, so over seven years ago now, 
and I, we've been together partners with these guys and their journey as a church has been incredible they're reaching a ton of people here on this island up here in the northeast it's a really hard part of the country to, to share Jesus with, with folks, and they're doing a great job. They have a great staff. Jeff Stalnaker is the lead pastor. And so we just wanted you guys to know about what's going on, to know and be praying for Ocean Point Church. They've been a together partner. Your together offering and encouragement has gone a long way in helping this church uh, be planted here in this part of the country. And so I uh, just wanted you to know about that as they kind of, for the very first time, ordained, like I said, three elders, Kevin, Chris, and Mark are their, their names. And they're a great, great group of guys. And their families are incredible. The staff here is incredible. And so you've heard us talk about Ocean Point over the years. Um, and tonight's kind of the culmination of all of this as we've ordained these guys into, into being elders and being pastor leaders of this church and shepherds. And I know that they're going to do incredible things. So be praying for them. Uh, we just wanted to say thank you for all your um, prayers, for all your support over the years with the Together Initiative, because these are the kind of things that it goes to support. Thanks, guys. Starting in, there we go, starting in Rhode Island, uh, that we may never, Jason's gotten to meet him, but quite probably we won't ever get to meet some of those folks this side of heaven. But because of things that we do through our missions program, through our Together Initiative, uh, there are people all around the world that are going to spend eternity with us uh, in heaven. And to me, that's an exciting, exciting thing. Uh, that Together offering uh, will be Friday night at our Christmas Eve service. Some of you have already started giving in person or online. Either way, as possible. If you want to give here to that, the red envelopes in the offering boxes are for that purpose. And you can drop it in or you can bring it with you on Friday night for one of the three uh, Christmas Eve services. And I also got to let you know the buckets are still out today and we're still receiving funds uh, for what's happened in all over the state of Kentucky and the relief efforts. We're working directly with IDES uh, that Jason mentioned last week. They have set up their command post, if you would, uh, in Bowling Green at Bowling Green Christian Church, one of our sister churches. Uh, I know Bobby's going down Tuesday. I'm hoping to go down Tuesday as well and just get a lay of what's going on. But that's who we're partnering with in terms of actual work projects and things that we get done. But uh, so we're still collecting funds for that. But here's what you guys need to know. Okay. Out of last year's uh, together purposes, you know, and I told you a couple weeks ago that we didn't get to go on some mission trips this year because of COVID and all of that. And so that there were some surplus funds uh, that were in our together initiative from last year. Well, the mission team is putting $20,000 of that toward uh, actually mission trips just right here in Bowling Green to go down and work on that. You guys gave last week between online and in person, you guys gave over $23,000 uh, toward that. That puts us at $43,000 roughly. But here's really cool things too. Some of our sister churches, in fact, two, two sister churches uh, from across the country, one in Illinois and one in Houston, Texas. The one in Houston, Texas, we partnered with when they got slammed um, by a hurricane and we sent funds down there. Those two churches alone sent us $43,000. So we've got $86,000 right now that we can partner with IADS uh, to go and to make a huge, huge difference uh, in some lives around. So we're going to figure it out as far as when people can actually start going like boots on the ground kind of stuff. But for right now, we've got some funds that we can send. We'll have funds available uh, to pay for expenses when we start going and we're just going to help. We're just going to serve uh, in the powerful name of Jesus. And I think that's exciting uh, that God's been able to do that. Yeah, absolutely. 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 Now, when we planned all of this, I didn't plan in the fact that the week that I was up here was the week that Cajon was in the middle of the stage. So if I go down, I need some big guys. Chris, if I go down there, you got me, okay? Some guys around to know that if I go over the Cajon somewhere, somebody's gonna, somebody's gonna get me up. You know, I've, we've had a lot of, we've had a lot of thoughts. This is fun. This is really fun. 
uh, being able to do this in the round, and I think that Christmas Eve service especially is, is going to be tremendous. I, I'm kind of used to talking like this because for all the years that I've been doing FCA, this is a typical Friday night FCA as I'm standing in the middle of the group and kind of talking it around. But we had a lot of questions last week, and so there's some things that I need, there's some rumors that I need to dispel before we get started this morning. Uh, first, rumor number one, no, we are not buying a lazy Susan to put in the middle of the stage, you know, for, for us just to spin on. Uh, rumor number two, no, we cannot make the stage like the top floor of the gold house to where it just spins while you're eating. We, that's not gonna, that's not gonna happen. And unfortunately, no, we, we can't do this every week because it's a lot of work. And so you guys be sure, uh, over the next today and over the next couple weeks while we're still in this, be sure and thank all of our AV team, because it's a lot, a lot of work. If we were going to do this, I told you, if we were going to keep spinning and like make the whole stage spin, we'd have to get like five miles of cord because it would just keep wrapping around as the stage spun. Uh, so that, that wouldn't really work, but we're going to enjoy the, the remainder of the time like this. Next Sunday, Bobby's going to be preaching, uh, and talking about the wise men. And then on, uh, January 2nd, we always, every year, the last Sunday of the year uh, typically is when Mark Jones uh, comes and shares with us from uh, Nelson Christian, Dave's brother. Uh, but the way the calendar fell, it was better. It's January 2nd when Mark's going to be here. And so we're doing that. And then, like I said, this Friday night, 3.35 and 11 o'clock. I don't know what you have done. In fact, let me, real quick, let me ask you a question. I need your participation. Make sure this is kind of a good way to make sure everybody's still with me, but also helps us out. I'm going to list a time, and if it's the time you think you're coming to Christmas Eve, raise your hand, okay? Who thinks they're coming at 3.30? Who thinks they'll be in the 3.30 service? All right, it'll be great, the four of us. We'll have a great time, okay? Uh, all right, who thinks they'll be at the 5 o'clock service? All right, okay. How many late birds are going to be here with me at 11 o'clock? 11 o'clock, yes, Bonnie. You can stay awake that long. Okay, all right. We're just trying to figure out uh, kind of crowds and stuff like that. Um, I don't know if you guys have seen any. Have anybody watched any of The Chosen? Anybody watched any of the episodes of The Chosen? Uh, it, it is an awesome. You need to you need to check it out. It is an awesome. You can go on YouTube and check out. It's a great. It's one of the best depictions of the life of Jesus that I've ever seen. And recently, or just in the last month, they released. A Christmas, just the Christmas version of it. It's got some incredible, incredible Christmas music at the front part of it. And then it just tells the, the story of the messengers and it wraps all around the shepherds and one shepherd in particular. In fact, it's actually the pilot episode for the whole mini series was about this one shepherd boy who raised this little lamb and brought it to Jerusalem, uh, or brought it to Bethlehem, excuse me, for the, the sacrifice for everybody was coming to town for the census and they had to go into the uh, temple and make sacrifice. And so one of the things that the shepherds did was raise sheep to be brought in to sell as sacrificial lambs. And the way they depicted in the, in the original the pilot, this, this young man brings this, this lamb in and the priest looks at it and gets really, really angry because there's a defect. There's a defect in the lamb. And he yells at the young man and says, don't come back here until you find a spotless, perfect lamb for a sacrifice. So the young man goes back out into the wilderness or goes back out into wherever they're, they're tending the sheep and all the other shepherds and some of his other shepherd friends are, are really mad at him because they feel like he disgraced them by bringing this sheep that wasn't deemed as being worthy. And, and so then that night, there's this amazing, amazing uh, appearance in the sky and the star shines and they go running back to the city and they actually follow the star and they find Mary and Joseph. They find Mary and Joseph there in the, uh, in the stable and they, they bow and they worship and then most of the shepherds leave except this one boy. This one shepherd boy that the priest had yelled at. And he has a dialogue with Joseph. 
and with Mary. He actually holds Jesus the way they depict it uh, in the movie. And then as he leaves, he says this. People have got to know this. People have got to know this. He runs out of the, he, he leaves his table and he's going through town the next morning, early the next morning. And that same high priest, that same high priest who kicked him out of Bethlehem sees him and says, I thought I told you not to come back until you found a perfect, spotless, sacrificial lamb. And the little shepherd boy just kind of smiles because he found that lamb last night. It's an incredible, incredible uh, depiction of it. It's one that brings tears. It's one that brings smiles uh, because that's a lot of what joy does, doesn't it? There are moments that we are brought to levels of joy that tears just stream down our face. And there are times that we're brought to the point of just like uncontrollable laughter and sometimes the laughter starts first and it goes into tears. Have you ever, have you ever laughed so hard that you cried and you, you were watching a video of something and the more that you watched, the funnier it got and the more, the funnier it got, the more that you, you started crying. You were just laughing so hard. It's amazing how joy and smiles and tears are kind of tied together. So let's talk for a little bit about what steals your joy at Christmas. It's supposed to be joy-filled time. A lot of people have, you know, out in their front yard, the, the letters J-O-Y, and they're lit up, and, and, and they're, it's on Christmas cards everywhere. It's on all these things. But I sense, even in my own life sometimes, that around this time of year, there's not much joy. There's a lot of frustration with things that are going on, with the materialism of the day, with all that there is to do. And it just seems like you get running so hard sometimes that if you're not careful, you run so hard for Christmas that you don't find any joy in Christmas. I mean, uh, probably a lot of us remember very well the Charlie Brown Christmas and when it first came out. Remember that scene in the Charlie Brown Christmas show when, when he and Linus are together and, 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 uh, Charlie Brown saying, I just doesn't feel very much like Christmas. And Linus says to Charlie Brown, Charlie Brown, you know, you are the only person I know who can take a wonderful season like Christmas and turn it into a problem. Maybe, maybe Lucy's right. Of all the Charlie Browns in the world, you're the Charlie Browniest. You know, it, can we be honest? I felt Charlie Brownie at times, haven't you? Uh, there, there are times that no matter how hard we try, life just kind of creeps up on us and, and things just uh, aren't what they probably should be because of the circumstances. What, what steals your joy at Christmas? I was actually working on this message uh, this early this week, and and I really actually I think I started last Friday night. I just want to read. I was home alone, and kind of a movie that ought to be made about that. But anyway, I was home alone, and uh, I was working on this sermon last Friday night when the news started popping on the screen, and, and I'm typing a message about joy and what steals your joy. And I'm seeing video from far western Kentucky, even before midnight, and the news was starting to show videos of that, of absolute devastation, of churches that uh, were no longer going to be able to be used for worship on last Sunday or today or next week or for several months. And I started looking at that and thinking about all the kids whose Christmas presents were scattered in trees around western and even central Kentucky. And all of a sudden, it, it was hard to type words about joy. You know, Christmas lists. Christmas lists get longer and longer and longer. You know, and, he, and, and he, I thought kids were bad. My goodness, grandkids. 
Because, see, when I had kids, my kids didn't have cell phones early enough. Grandkids already had the cell phones, and it's like they add to their Christmas list hourly. And they're like, oh, I thought of two more things. I, I, I thought of four more things. I thought of this. And they're not cheap things. And, and they're like, oh, man, how are we ever going to be able to find joy in the middle of this? Trying to find the best iPhone 13 and, and, uh, and AT&T telling me, oh, you can trade in your old phone for free only to get there and find out, oh, no, your phone's only worth $200. It's not free. And and, and the joy gets taken away. And doing all that wrapping traffic at the mall. Oh, my goodness. I took my granddaughter to the mall Friday night to buy her Christmas presents for her to buy Christmas presents for people. And, and I thought I was going to lose my mind before we get out there. And, and it wasn't even a really crowded night. You know, it's just, it's just hard not to lose your joy. Sometimes it does feel like, you know, Home Alone, kind of like, um, Macaulay Culkin in, in uh, Home Alone, Kevin McAllister, when he's Home Alone and Marv and Harry are coming trying to steal everything. Not just his joy to steal everything. And there's a lot of times, I think if we're honest, we feel just like that little boy hanging on the side of a door just trying to get through just trying to get through whatever situation there might be it it may be the season to be jolly but uh dr david lowenstein who is a psychologist in columbus ohio said as many as one person in four has a bout with holiday depression every year Dr. Lowenstein says that the potential is very high this time of year for psychological, physical, and financial stress. And so he recommends what he calls the three R's to get through the season. I thought these were good. So maybe if you're wrestling with joy, these would be a good place to start. Three things that you can focus on. First of all, be realistic. Be realistic. Do you remember in, in, in the movie Christmas Vacation? You know, one of Chevy Chase's biggest problems was he, he had this vision. He had this, this dream of all these great things he was going to do. It wasn't, wasn't necessarily realistic. I think sometimes we get unrealistic expectations of what a certain time, what a certain season Christmas is going to be like. Second thing he said was be reasonable. Be reasonable. Uh, don't, you know, don't get upset with other people who don't look at things the same way you do. Be reasonable about how you function with things. And I really think the last one's important. Get some rest. Get some rest. You know, I, I think sometimes the best thing, the most spiritual thing we can do in times when we're stressful, the most spiritual thing we can do is take a nap. Just get some rest. Just calm down and rest a little bit. And so in these seasons when we, when we feel like our joy is being stolen, we need to do that. The, another survey I was reading this week uh, on depression at Christmas uh, shows that uh, many people uh, are dealing with these things. They said 45% of the people that responded actually dread the Christmas season. I, I mean, I know maybe you're one of those. And if I'm honest... There are days that if they ask me the question on the wrong day, I might answer it in a, in a dreadful way. Uh, you know, but that's, that's a pretty high number. It says that, uh, uh, if you're depressed, uh, does Christmas tend to make it worse? And more than 57% of the people said it often or always does. And reasons people give were that it's too commercial. A lot of people said, well, everyone's having a better time than me. Yeah, it's always, the grass is always greener on the other side, isn't it? It's a mentality that we can fall into. Uh, You get kind of depressed because you realize, I'm spending a lot of money. Uh, and, And hopefully it's cash money, but for far too many, it's credit money. That you're already thinking about not only how much you just spent, but how much you're really going to spend by the time you pay for what you just spent. And those things can become really, really depressing. So joy, though, joy doesn't necessarily mean happiness or pleasure. See, here I want to give you this definition. It'll be on both screens here. Happiness is an emotional response to circumstances. The things that are going on around you are good. 
And so it makes you happy. It makes you smile. The, you know, the kids bring home a great report card. You get a raise. The, you, you get a new house. Whatever the circumstances cause you to feel happy. Those are the emotional responses. But joy, on the other hand, is a sense of well-being and contentment regardless of the circumstances. I'm just going to choose joy. I'm just going to choose it. I'm just going to choose joy no matter what happens. Maybe it could be uh, said that this way the happiness is based on circumstances, but joy is based on Jesus. A lot of you know, you guys probably especially of all know the acronym for joy, Jesus, others, you. And, and if we kind of focus that a lot of our life that way, it seems so simplistic, doesn't it? It seems so simplistic that if we're not careful as adults, we would look at something like that and say, oh, that's a kid thing. That's a kid thing. And yet, if we would kind of prioritize our life around Jesus, others, and yourself, then it might change how we feel about a lot of things. So let's dig into Scripture this morning. If you've got your Bibles, we're going to be in Luke chapter 2. And we want to just real quickly talk about how God's message to the shepherds can actually bring us joy. Now, in this, in this, you know, this magnificent, this magnificent story, uh, there are some characters that we all know about. You know, Mary, Mary gets the Oscar for best supporting actress for her portrait of humility. And Joseph uh, gets the Oscar for the best supporting actor uh, for his portrait of obedience. Jesus, of course, is the main character, the starring role. But then you get into these characters that get no real awards. They're kind of cameos or maybe even not full cameos. They may just be extras in the crowd. The shepherds at best would have gotten cameos. They don't have any names, no background. There's nothing about them except they received the news of Jesus' birth with great joy. Look in Luke chapter 2, starting in verse 8. Look at what it says. It says, That night there were shepherds staying in the fields nearby, guarding their flocks of sheep. And suddenly an angel of the Lord appeared among them and the radiance of the Lord's glory surrounded them and they were terrified. But the angel reassured them, don't be afraid. I love that every time in the Bible that out of nowhere, this angel shows up. The first words are always, don't be afraid. Are you kidding me? I mean, I get, I get shocked if somebody bumps me in the dark. But that's God saying, I've got this. I've got this. Don't be afraid. I bring you good news that will bring great joy to all people. The Savior. Wow. The Savior. Yes, the Messiah. The Lord has been born today in Bethlehem, the city of David. And you will recognize him by this sign. You will find a baby wrapped snugly in strips of cloth and lying in a manger. And then suddenly that angel was joined by the vast host of others, the armies of heaven, praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest and peace on earth to those with whom God is pleased. And when the angels had returned to heaven, the shepherds said to each other, Let's go. Let's go to Bethlehem. Let's see this thing that has happened, which the Lord has told us about. I'm guessing so, man. Let's go. Let's go. I want to see this. What? What? Let's let's go. We got to get out of here, guys. We got to go. And so they start this journey. I, I want you to listen to the words from verse 10 again. I want to just read them out of the King James Version. A lot of us grew up hearing. Verse 10 of chapter 2 just says, Fear not, fear not, for behold, I bring you good news of great joy, which will be for all people. Look at those those four groupings of two words. The first one, fear not. I think these are things that can help us maintain and get our joy. Fear not. I heard the story about the Christmas play. A little boy, little kids are all going to be doing their parts in the Christmas play. And one little boy had the part where he came out and he said, It is I. Do not be afraid. 
And, and so he worked on that at home with mom the day after that. That's all he had to say. He did I do not be afraid. He's that angel. He did I do not be afraid. And, and the night of the play came and it was time for him to get, and he wasn't going out. <laughs> he wasn't going out. Finally, the the person directing the play kind of shoved him out behind from behind the curtains, and he came out. And all he looked around, and everybody said, "It's me," and I'm scared to death. Because <laughs> that's how a lot of us go through life. We we try not to be afraid, and we find ourselves in situations when we're dramatically afraid. I can understand the shepherds being afraid. It's late at night, and they're in a dark field, and all of a sudden it gets really dark. I mean, really dark. And then all of a sudden the angel appears and, and there's this great light and everything is wonderful. Someone said, when the supernatural touches the natural, there's always fear. See, the natural, the natural doesn't know how to deal with the supernatural. Those in the world that don't understand that we can have joy, they don't know how to deal with people that have smiles on their face. They don't know how to deal with people that are talking about hope and a future. Because for, for them, everything is exactly the opposite. And they may not acknowledge it in the words fear, but that's what it is. A, a fear of there's something I can't control. A, a key joy stealer, I think, is fear. It may not always be like, like shudder and fear it may not always be paralyzing fear, but it's fear nevertheless. Here's what uh, it says in First John chapter four verse eighteen: There is no fear in love, but perfect love drives out fear. I love that. I, I love it. And the greatest definition of perfect love that we have is Jesus. And Jesus' perfect love drives out fear. Whatever it is that's stealing your joy and stealing your happiness at this time of year or any time of year, whatever it might be, perfect love drives out that fear. And and Jesus is the one who does that. Our fear is replaced by true joy. The second thing in that, in that verse, in verse 10, says, Fear not, I have good news. Good news. Do you ever just like lay down at night and while you're laying there watching the ceiling fan spin, just kind of reflecting on the day and just kind of wonder, is there anything good? going on in the world today is there anything good that can happen in this situation last last friday night was devastating it was absolutely devastating the world has recognized the world has come to the rescue and and out of a terrible devastating situation that's far too close to home there's good there's good, there's great stories. There's great stories of, of people being found alive. There's great stories of things being rescued, rescued. And here's the other great, some people are actually showing love. Some people are actually showing love. And I think it's wonderful what, what God has done through our church and through people that know our church and, and giving. But even $86,000, which I think is a huge amount for us to have, is, you know, add a couple zeros to what's going on around the world as people are stepping up. People are stepping up. And part of that is they had to be stepping up thinking it could easily be me. And it's bringing out some, some good in people that needs to be brought out 
during this time of year, during every time of year. I read a story about Joseph Russo, who was a 55-year-old guy who was an alcoholic. He begged on the streets, and the reporter asked him one day why he was doing it. And here's what he said. He said, I know I'm killing myself, but it sure is taking a long time to die. That was his perspective. Some of you have probably seen this. I, when I go to Cincinnati to go to a Reds game, I typically always park at the kind of the same parking garage, walk across the same way. And there's this one guy that I've been seeing there for a decade or more. And I, you know, I go one, maybe two games a year and I walk across this bridge and there's this one guy. I recognize him. He hasn't changed a bit. He's been sitting there forever and he's got a sign and a bucket and his sign says, I'm not going to lie. I'm going to buy beer. I appreciate the honesty. I appreciate the honesty of that. You know, there may come a time I said, come on, let me go. I'll buy you one. Come on. Let's get out of this situation. People are so down. I can end up being the Charlie Browniest of all at times. I can look at the situation and it's, it's, it's not going to get any better. There's just not that much good news. But Jesus was the good news. He's our Savior. That's what it said. He's our Savior. Because of sin. Because of our sin, we need a Savior. He's the Christ. That that, that term Christ means the anointed one, the chosen one. He was the one chosen to come to make a difference in our life. And He's the Lord. Leader of our life. You want a road map? You want to follow? Just follow Jesus. Just follow Jesus. I deal with people all the time and say, I just don't know if I can do that. Well, how's your plan working out? You know, a lot of times I just don't think I can follow Jesus. Well, how's your plan working out for you? Doesn't seem to be good, so good. So why not give his plan a try? Let him be the Lord of your life. So it says uh, that the good news and uh, to fear not, there was good news. And then he said, and I also bring you great joy. Great joy. Now, that angel, that angel's talking to shepherds. That angel's talking to shepherds out in the field dealing with stinky sheep. And guess how many days a week they dealt with stinky sheep? Seven. Guess how many days out of the year they dealt with stinky sheep? 365. That's all they had going for them were these stinky sheep in clement weather, awful hours. Uh, It was a despised profession. Everybody looked down on them. But once in a while, it got really exciting. Yeah, and it got exciting when a lion or a bear or some wild animal would charge and they would have to put their life on the line for these stinky sheep that nobody really cared about and for people who thought that their life was horrible. You you might feel a lot like a shepherd sometimes. It's really easy to end up feeling like a shepherd in in our world, in our society today. I got a boring life, a a mundane existence, a terrible job. I I read a story, one commercial airline pilot, which I can't imagine doing that, but uh, he said, my job sounds glamorous to some people, but my job is 99% boredom and 1% panic. Day after day after day after day. He went on to explain that because I said, yeah, when we get up 36,000 feet, man, it's just, you know, sit back and cruise. But that coming down, that coming down is an adrenaline rush and sometimes absolute panic. I think a lot of us find that in life, that we're cruising along. And for a lot of the flight in life, it's just kind of cruising along. And then there's those moments of absolute panic. What am I going to do in this situation? See, the shepherds found the joy in the midst of their mundane lives just by simply seeing Jesus. This is the same place that we're going to find joy. If we look in verses 17 and 18, once they were filled with joy, the natural response that they had was, we got to go share this. We can't keep this news to ourselves. We got to go share this. The world needs to know. And the last two word phrase there in verse 10 is that fear not. 
Because they have good news of great joy, which shall be to, look at that, all people. Huh. Not just a certain chosen few. Not just a number that has already been pre-described. No, all people. All people. Whoever chooses to believe. God gave his son on Christmas that whosoever chooses to believe could have everlasting life. Here's the best, it's the best part of it. It's, it's not a limited number of people. You, you remember Rudolph, don't you? Come on, you guys remember Rudolph, right? You're with me? You got Rudolph? Yeah. Of all the other reindeer used to do what? Used to laugh and call him names. There's not a lot of joy in that, is there? But some of us, for some of us, that's far too close to home, isn't it? That there were times in our life where that's what it was like. Rudolph, won't you guide my sleigh tonight? Then how the reindeer loved him. When did they love him? When he was doing something for them. The other reindeer loved him when he was helping them. Their love was conditional. Do something for us. See, so you, you can find happiness in conditional love. You can find happiness in conditional love. Somebody gives you a gift. Somebody does something unbelievable. But the only way to find joy is in the unconditional. So what do we need to do? What do we need? Let's finish this up. What do we need to do? God singled out two groups of people uh, to receive birth announcements, okay? I'm talking about one today. Bobby's going to talk about one next week. It was the shepherds and wise men that got these birth announcements after the birth. Here's what's happened. Here's what's, here's what's been born. And the shepherds, they're, they're poor, uneducated, uncouth, but they were Jews. And they were the ones of that society least likely to be invited to a gala. Of all the people in the Jewish society, the shepherds would have been the last ones to get a birth announcement, to be invited to the celebration. Why do you think God chose the shepherds? And I think this whole, this whole story is all about the ones that are the least likely, the ones that don't deserve it realizing that they're blessed, realizing what Jesus has done. And the, the next group that Bobby will talk about next week are kind of the opposite. They're the wise men. They're kind of the, the elite, the upper echelon, the wealthy, the influential, the wise. But they were Gentiles, even in the birth of the Savior, the Christ, the Lord. God is laying out the ultimate plan that this baby, this gift, is for all people. Look back in your text one more time, verse 20. It, it says, the shepherds return, glorifying and praising God for all the things they had heard and seen, which they had just told about, been told about. Wow. They just couldn't help it. They just couldn't help it. You know, there are certain things in life that happen that you just have to share. I think the majority of those things are on one of two ends of a spectrum. They're either such horrific things. You wouldn't believe how big that tornado was. And you've got to share it. Or they're on the other spectrum of, oh, you've got to see this baby. It's incredible. It's incredible. A lot of where we live our life in the middle, and when God's doing stuff in the middle, we just tend not to share what he's doing. And this, this scene, and I told you about in the movie, in, in, in the movie The Chosen. That moment, I would really encourage you, if you've got access to YouTube, I would really encourage you to just search for uh, under the chosen the shepherd it's just a small segment and that moment when he's looking at the baby and he says people must know this i mean it's a goosebump moment it, it, it's what this is all about 
It's really what this is all about. People must know this. And then when he goes back in town, told you not to come back here until you found a perfect, spotless, sacrificial lamb. Did you find that lamb? And then he smiles. I hope, I hope and pray that if you haven't already found that lamb, that you do this Christmas. That you find that perfect, spotless, sacrificial lamb. See, circumstances bring pleasure, but Jesus brings joy. And you can't find joy until you find Jesus. People must know this. Let's pray. Father, I I thank you for today. Thank you for your love. I thank you that uh, you felt like people needed a Savior. In the midst of living a life that didn't really deserve it, that you chose to leave heaven in the form of a baby and come and dwell among us, to move into the neighborhood, to live with us for a while. And during those years to teach us, to model for us, to show us what it meant to really live. So Father, we pray that that you'll use us for people who need to know this. And God, I pray that if there are those that are here today that need to know this, that you might be working on their heart and that they might surrender. In the amazing name of Jesus, we pray. Amen. Amen. Would you guys stand with me? As we sing this last uh, song of worship, um, if you need to pray with someone, talk with someone, whatever, Jason's back at the decision room, and you can make your way back that way or even do so as soon as service is over. But right now, right now, let's worship the one who brings us joy. Hey, don't forget uh, the ballots that you were handed. Just fold them up, put them in the thing, uh, in the offering boxes. Friday, 335, 11 o'clock. All right. Let's go love God, love people, change the world. Look forward to seeing you Friday night.